and welcome to another episode of Conversation with the Chef. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where half of my conversation took place today, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. I would also like to acknowledge the Ngāi tribe who made their home in Te Waipounamu, or the South Island of New Zealand, 800 years ago before it was colonised by the British. Today I'm talking to Hugh Kinch, winemaker and estate manager at Pyramid Valley, a biodynamic winery in beautiful Waikari, North Canterbury in the South Island of New Zealand. I usually speak to chefs, but I'm doing a series of special edition features showcasing New Zealand suppliers and producers to celebrate the launch of New Zealand Trade and Enterprises 2022 Made with Care campaign in Australia. A global initiative designed to raise awareness of New Zealand's superlative produce, Made with Care shines a light on thoughtfully created and ethically manufactured food and beverages the country is famous for. New Zealand is recognised all over the world for its commitment to creating environmentally conscious, sustainably minded food and wine. The Made with Care initiative reinforces values unique to New Zealand's food and beverage industry. Pyramid Valley has been a labour of love for two partnerships. Mike and Claudia Elza Wearsing, followed by Steve Smith, Master of Wine, and investor and wildlife conservationist Brian Sheth. This is not a sponsored or remunerated post, but when I was asked if I was interested in something a little adjacent to conversation with a chef, and I read about the campaign, I jumped at the chance. I first became aware of Pyramid Valley Wines about 13 years ago when I went to a tasting and Mike Wearsing spoke. It was one of the most memorable events I've ever been to. Mike spoke about his wines and his global journey to find the perfect place to make them with a passion that was palpable and everyone in the room was hanging off his every word. The wines of Pyramid Valley are born in the dramatic limestone and clay-derived soils of North Canterbury, a unique high-altitude site that is home to some of the most profound Pinot Noir and Chardonnay wines in the world. Grown biodynamically and following natural principles in its winemaking with the use of indigenous yeasts, natural fining and mineral minimal, if any, filtration. I really enjoy talking to Hugh Kinch, and I know you'll enjoy listening to this conversation. Hi, Hugh, Hugh, it's Joe Ritty here. How are you? Oh, good, Joe. Yeah, good, thank you. I'm calling from Melbourne, um, but where are you? Uh, I'm in uh, North Canterbury, just about an hour north of Christchurch, near a small town called Whitecarry. Yeah. And what's the weather doing there today? Uh, it's getting dark now but um, and cold, but we had a beautiful sunny blue sky day with about a high of about 14, 15. <laughs> Very high. <laughs> it doesn't sound that high to me. I'm out of practice. I, um, I'm from Christchurch originally, but I've lived in Melbourne for 11 years, so um, I've got a very... Um, special place in my heart for Christchurch and for, for Canterbury. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> so I was looking over your background. What is your role at Pyramid Valley? Um, so I'm, I'm the winemaker and estate manager. So mm. I, kind of, I look after the property in Waikari and um, look after all the winemaking for Pyramid Valley. Um, yeah, so, and yeah, so live on site at the vineyards with my family. Mm. And kind of yeah, kind of caretaker of the property. Mm. Um, but yeah, my, my background's kind of winemaking. Yeah, and I see you're at Charles Sturt's. Do the opposite thing of you. Yes. <laughs> I, I um I grew up in Australia, yeah. and um and yeah, came to New Zealand um 
Oh, I first came in about 2007, so um, I guess nearly 15 years, something like that, yeah, yeah. over New Zealand. Yeah. And I see too, I'm a French teacher as well as a food writer, and I see you spent some time in France, which seems like the best thing to do if you're a winemaker, in Roussillon. I live just near, um, just out of Avignon for a year, so I love the area around there. Oh, oh nice. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful part of the world. I, I lived in... Um, a little town um, uh, in the Durban Corbaries, kind of just near Carcassonne, in yeah. between Carcassonne and Perpignan in the hills. Yeah. And I mean, the three months, but my French isn't very good. So <laughs> I probably need some French lessons. <laughs> but you managed to get by on um, on wine language, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the language of wine, and yeah, yeah, that no, was good. I, um, I had about a two, three months notice before I went. Had some French lessons with a, um, a colleague that was working in the winery in Hawke's Bay and um, away I went and yeah, it was there. Yeah, was baptism, baptism by fire, but um, no, it was good. And yeah, there was an old guy working, um, or who lived at the one of the wineries I worked at. I worked at two wineries, one in Moree, was like basically a, gar- a winery in the garage of the, of the family property. And um, the father lived above the winery, hmm. and he was like eighty something, and didn't speak a word of English, and I didn't speak much French, and <laughs> we just communicated by uh, chalk on concrete tanks. Yeah. And <laughs> got by. How, how long were you there? Oh, just uh, three months or two months. Probably. Yeah. Two, yeah, two, three months. Yeah, yeah. just for a harvest period. Nice. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, is it, it must be different in each country in each wine region as well yeah yeah definitely different challenges all to do with you know the weather and like the climate and, and what you know what i guess that's the thing what the old world's discovered over generations is what um what works well with their climate and what grows you know what varieties grow well but i guess now with you know climate change they've got more cha- challenges mm. or you know changing what you know challenging the norm Mm. about what what actually works but yeah yeah no it's good mm. but um yeah the cultural experience as well you know it's oh. good you know it's good food good wine and it's just you know in, in france you yeah, well back then in 07 i'm sure it's probably still the same that you know you go to the supermarket and just buy some food and wine and relatively cheap and it's always of pretty high quality yeah so. i miss that as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> and how long have you been at pyramid valley um, so we uh, we moved down in winter of 2018. So okay. Mike and Claudia sold the property to Brian and Steve um, in kind of spring of 2017. Stayed mm-hmm. on for that growing season, and then um, they they kind of left the property in yeah, the winter of 18, and I kind of, yeah we took over to me managing the property. And how big is that property? Uh, it's about eighty hectare property, but um, the vines, the, you know, the original planting is only two point two five hectares, but um, but uh, but super high density, so twenty two thousand vines in that original two point two hectares. Wow! And then in the last kind of three years, or four, you know, three and a half years, four years, we we planted another four point six hectares, so we're up to sixty thousand vines now over about six point eight hectares. Wow, okay. So not not a huge area but a lot of yeah, a lot of vines, very intense. And 
And you have vineyards in central Otago as well? Yep, yeah, so that, what Brian and Steve also, not long after buying Pyramid Valley bought um, property in Lowburn, um, the old Lowburn Ferry vineyard, um, and they planted, we planted more of that as well. We you know, originally, again, that vineyard was about maybe three hectares, um, just of normal spacing, kind of two and a half thousand vines a hectare. But we planted about another seven hectares of, um, seven or eight hectares of high density Pinot Noir and Chardonnay there, mm. at, at kind of eight, eight to nine thousand vines a hectare. So um, that's happened from in the same time frame as here, from pretty much 18 through to uh, 2020 was the planting years, so over three wow. years. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a really kind of pretty special property um, and it was, yet yeah, bought on soil just like um, Pyramid Valley, you know, the, the purchase was all about the, the soil um, beneath us and, and Pyramid um, and White carries, you know, clay limestone soil that Mike Weasing searched for for like, you know, 10 plus years to plant Pinot and Chardonnay on that kind of soil type in the new world, basically to try and, you know, bring a new voice to the world of wine. And um, yeah, it was very much committed to that soil type because that you know the types of soil that it worked in Burgundy with. Yes. And then the property in Central is a, a more like a a clay lime uh, soil over over pedogenic lime, but it's a quite an interesting property because it's got a lot more, lot more organic matter than most vineyards in Central Otago. It's up to about eight percent organic matter, and it's been farmed. For 150 years, and and yeah, the, the health of the soil is a reflection of the human interaction with the place in a positive way. Okay. There used to be a market garden for the Chinese um, gold miners, and they irrigated it and it, they built organic matter on that on that site versus degrading it, which I think is a pretty powerful kind of message or story. Absolutely, How humans can be a positive <laughs> you know, influence on the land instead of a negative. Exactly. Um, I uh, met Mike um, a long time ago and um, I went to a tasting that he was doing in Christchurch and it was paired, the flights of wine were paired with food from, um, I can't actually remember the name of it now, Mediterranean something. Oh, yeah, Mediterranean Food Company. Yeah, <laughs> and it was, I remember paying something like $30 and there were five flights of wine and this amazing food but listening to Mike I would have paid hundreds of dollars because the way that he talked about his journey and you know going to different places around the world and putting handfuls of soil in his pocket and then you know sending them off to where Burgundy or Bordeaux or wherever he was Burgundy Burgundy. um and and then, you know, the, his biodynamic philosophy and so on as well. It was like listening to poetry. It was one of the best things I've ever been to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, he, he's an amazing kind of person and such an inspiration. And he could communicate his passion so well. Yeah. yeah. It was, um, I, I remember going to a, a workshop in Hamna Springs. I went a, not long after I came to the country in like 2010 and there's a Pinot workshop there every year, like, barrel samples if everyone brings a barrel sample and this guy stood up and started talking and the whole room was just like you know just captivated with what he had to say and that yeah. was Mike Wiesing it was kind of like yeah yeah so it's, it's a bit kind of surreal sometimes thinking that you know 
um, you know, kind of looking after the property that he founded or the vineyard that he founded. So, yeah. And then lucky um, to find another property with equally great uh, soil and location and so on as well. That's um, that's amazing. I mean, not that he, I mean, you know, sort of carrying on his legacy a bit there, even though it, it was the new owners that found that. But um, I'm sort of interested uh, in the biodynamic and environmental aspects as well of Pyramid Valley. So what, um, what grapes do you have in um, where you are now? What grapes, sorry? Yeah, so you've got Chardonnay yeah. and um, Pinot. Just, Char just Chardonnay and Pinot planted yeah. on, the, on the Waikari property. Yes. In the same, same in central Otago. The property in Waikari, um, Mike's plantings are originally three quarters Pinot Noir, one quarter Chardonnay. Yes. Uh, now we've, now the plantings on this property, like with the young vines, is three quarters Chardonnay, one quarter Pinot Noir. Mm. And then, and then the um, majority of the plantings in central Otago are Pinot, and maybe only uh, 10 or 15% Chardonnay. Mm. I really love central Otago Pinots. I just think, um, when I've, I've been to a thing called a Pinot Palooza here in Melbourne, and yep. Um, and there'll be all the different states of Australia on one side of the room and then Tasmania and New Zealand on the other. And I think our Pinots are just so distinctly different to... I say our, meaning New Zealand Pinots, are so d different to um, to Australian ones. Um, but I guess they must be... Are they closer to the French style? Or what is it about our Pinots? Oh, I think... I don't know. Like, I think New Zealand as a place... To grow anything has the you know amazing intensity of flavour and, and just like a freshness to the food, um, and I think it's to do with the UV, high UV, um, you know high sunlight hours, but and and you know good good amount of water and and good amount of heat, but not too hot. Um, and I think yeah, that those combinations with the, with that high UV, you know, there's a there's a you know power or concentration to the flavours, but the flavours are very fresh. Mm. Um, yeah, the, and like Central Targo, you know, out of all the regions, um, it's probably got one of the shortest growing seasons, but during that growing season, it has the longest day length. Mm. So the sunlight down there doesn't, the sun doesn't go down till probably 10 o'clock at night in the middle of summer. So, you know, and then back up, you know, early six or, you know, First thing, and so it, it, it's a very condensed um, ripening period, of, and a lot of sun, and, and then the, you know the growing season starts probably a couple of weeks after up in Canterbury, and it'll generally it'll finish earlier than the Waikari property. Mm. So yeah, and, the and so I think I think yeah, I think it's just you know I, I think New Zealand obviously wine in general has been influenced by the old world because everyone's worked over there but I think everyone wants to show their place through just, you know, good farming and then and then yeah, and then in the wine age just sensitive kind of handling and hopefully, you know, reflect reflect the you know the duty of the places that we've worked with. Mm. Well, you know, they talk, I suppose, you know, that whole terroir thing from the old world is, you know, it's about reflecting where it's from rather than reflecting the features of the label, isn't it? Rather than saying, oh, this tastes like yep. a really great <laughs> savvy or whatever, you know, like it's actually about, um, you know, where it's from, 
which is a nice yeah. idea. Yeah, and the variety is the secondary. We you know, like the variety is that variety because that variety grows well there. Mm. And, and, you know, the, the, and then it's, yeah, it's down to you know, the, the reflection of, of that place. And, yeah, I think that, um, you know, that, and to reflect that place as best as you can, I think it's about respecting that place and looking after it. And that's where kind of biodynamics comes in, you know, and then regenerative kind of farming that you're, um, you know, you're, you're looking after the land, the soil that you're farming, and, and it all builds up from there. If you've got good soil health, then you're going to have good vine health, and then you're going to have good fruit health, and mm. then you're going to have good wines or, or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter what you're growing. You could be growing potatoes um, or, you know, broccoli or, or anything, really, but it, it comes down to what you're growing it in. And if you're growing it in something that's, you know, diverse and, and healthy and, you know, resilient, then, you know, what you're going to grow is going to grow better and healthier and, and be a better, pro- better product to produce. Uh, if you're growing it in something that's kind of inert and you're just having to feed lots of fertilizers and chemicals in it, then, and, and, you know, it's not going to, what you're growing is not going to be as resilient because you know, the soil isn't resilient. Mm. Mm. And the biodynamic aspect, is that, um, I sort of don't really know that much about it. It's about planting at a certain time and, and, and also yeah. the way you look yeah, after the plants. Yeah, it's about, yeah, it's, it's about, I think the number one thing for me, it's about observation. Mm. And so, like, biodynamic farming isn't, like, you can't just pick, you can't just, um, you know, grab a book and just put it there. You kind of get and how, and how, you know, how everything interacts within that place. So mm. it's, it's about observing and, and trying different things and, you know, and, and getting... You know, making every you know everything. It's a holistic approach. Everything's interconnected. So, but to me, it's about you know, just observation and um, you know sensitive farming and, and your know, observation of the moon cycle and, and when the right thing, right time to do, do certain things are. And, and uh, what you know, Nick Paulin, who's our kind of um, chief vine gardener, um, who's based in the Central Otago property, but we work. Close, he comes up here quite a bit as well, and he's brought a lot of cover crops in. And you know, he's later he's got about a 20, 27 species cover crop that we plant each autumn in every second row. And it's just about trying to bring more biodiversity into the soil, so more different plants with different roots, so you know, microbes under the so- in the soil are you know more abundant, and then above ground there's more plants, so there's more diversity for different insects and. Mm. everything living there and he's done a really interesting experiment um down in central with kind of trying to show how that diversity can help um the microbes in the soil so he he planted or he buried um a pair of two pairs of cotton undies one pair in a under you know in a cover crop row where he's got 27 different species and another pair in a just a grass row where it's just pretty much just a grass pasture and buried them for about a month and then dug them up and then look at how many holes are in the cotton and the the um the undies the, the in the cotton that's in the uh, cover crop row degraded a lot more than what was under the grass row i love the science of that <laughs> yeah yeah so i was trying to show that that you know like how how this diversity really actually matters to yes. what's beneath us. Of course. Right. And um, 
And what does it mean for Pyramid Valley to be part of the Made With Care campaign? Yeah, well, I think that, like, it's, it's, it's a really cool kind of situation and we, um, you know, we're you know, happy to be part of that like-minded kind of approach and I think, you know, that, you know, I, you know um, the, you know, I guess it, it's opening to a whole group of uh, people that obviously have a passion for where their food comes from and, and the story behind it and that it's not just coming, you know, from a factory or something, but, mm. you know, there's that whole story behind it and that's, um, you know, I think that's a uh, thing that's really good to be part of that community mm. and, um, yeah, we, I, I haven't really, um, Nat's been doing most of it, who's our brand manager, so I'm kind of <laughs> that's great, you know, just finding out about it now. But to me, like, you know, it's about, I guess, it's a community just like Biodynamics or, you know, to me it's that idea that people care about where their food comes from, where their wine comes from, and that, the, you know, the, where you, the people that are growing it are, are looking after that bit of land so it's in a better place for the next generation to come. Mm. I think that's, for me personally, why, you know, be part of any kind of you know thing that's promoting that is, is great yeah I felt so proud as a New Zealander reading through that booklet and thinking that you know it is showcasing those products and suppliers to um, Australia um, and it's amazing how much is I mean there's always been greatness going on in New Zealand or at least in the last um, couple of decades um, so it's great yeah I think it is really good to shine a light on those for sure <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're, we're over in Australia later this year, so it'll be good to see that kind of an action and how it's all kind of working over there. Yeah, that's right. So, I'll be looking out for some bottles of Pyramid Valley. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> um, look, thanks, Hugh, so much for your time, um, and I'm sure you've got things to be getting on with, but I, I really appreciate how much you've shared with me, and, um, and all the best. Cool, OK, thank you. OK. Um, yeah, same with you. Uh, hopefully catch up in Australia. I hope so. Christchurch. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with the Chef with Hugh Kinch from Pyramid Valley in Aotearoa, New Zealand. If you want to experience all the greatness for yourself, which of course you do, you can check out Pyramid Valley Vineyards on Instagram at Pyramid Valley Vineyards, or one word, for some epic scenery and photos of very beautiful looking wine. And the Made With Care campaign on at discovernew.nz. As for me, I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. And if you want to read the chat, you can head to www.conversationwithachef.com. Com, of course. I would absolutely love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have a great day.